taken from 2 Chronicles, chapter 7, verses 12 to 16. Then one night the Lord appeared to Solomon and said, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this temple as the place for making sacrifices. At times I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls, or command grasshoppers to devour your crops, or send plagues among you. Then, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. For I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy a place where my name will be honoured forever. I will always watch over it, for it is dear to my heart. Hi friends, uh, my name's Adrian, if you don't know me, and it is incredibly good uh, to be back with you. And my hope is that something that I share uh, in this moment now, if you're watching it live online or in a different moment that you watch on demand, that it will bring some encouragement to you, whether you're someone who's a follower of Jesus or someone who's just seeking to work out, well, who is Jesus and what relevance does that have for my life? Um, I do so appreciate these moments of connection. Uh, I find it phenomenal that over the last week or so, I had the privilege of uh, going on a holiday and whilst on a holiday in Wales, I could still stay connected to who we are uh, as a family, as I got to hang out with us uh, online, with my family on holiday, uh, with the family of Oasis. It's just a real privilege. It doesn't be kind of being in the room together, does it? I, I miss that, but it's so good to stay connected. And uh, my hope is that you're finding that too, wherever you might be uh, in this moment. But as has already been said, I wanna pick up on this uh, ancient prayer that Joy has read out for us from 2 Chronicles 7. Um, I didn't, Joy just, read it so wonderfully and and in it what we're going to discover isn't some sort of formula but rather a pattern of prayer that God gives in order that we can give voice to a desire to see him break through those of us who are followers of Jesus know that Jesus's life death and resurrection not only change our lives as individuals but it actually is seeking to change everything See, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is this announcement that now God is going to bring about his rule and reign, governed by his goodness and love, to fill the entire creation, in actual fact, the entire cosmos. However, sometimes we can look around the world around us, maybe not sometimes, maybe often when we turn on the news and just see how wanting the world around us is God's rule and reign, filled with his love and goodness. Maybe it's not just the world around us. Maybe it's the world within us, the world that we're in contact with, the individual lives that we come across, or maybe our own life. And we have those moments of thinking, this, this isn't how it's meant to be. And maybe we feel powerless in those moments. And what the prayer of breakthrough is seeking to do is saying, actually, maybe the power isn't in us. It's rather it's in God and calling on God to come and intervene, to break through to cause more of his rule and reign to be seen in the world around us, to be known in our world. See, when you look around the world in the big stage and we see 
racial injustice, the impact that has, where we see poverty or modern day slavery, or maybe even to the most recent news where we see a massive explosion in Beirut and the death and suffering, the uh, hundreds of thousands that have been made homeless. This isn't how it's meant to be, or maybe it's in individuals' lives, maybe it's in our own life, maybe it's as we are like seeing that broken relationship or the individual who just seems to be making decisions that are becoming more and more destructive to them. Or maybe it's respect to like financial insecurity or um, facing redundancy. Um, maybe it's suffering. I don't know what it is for you, but we can like look on that big global stage and, and the smaller local stage of our own life and, and just see like this isn't how it's meant to be. God, we need you to break. And this prayer that God gives in 2 Chronicles 7 gives us this way to give voice to this desire to see God break through. But before we kind of look at it uh, in terms of what that pattern looks like, it's important we just set it in context. You see, it's kind of a bit bizarre to kind of suddenly pull out these kind of few verses from this bit of a, uh, an account of God's people in the Old Testament, Israel, and uh, kind of what's going on there. But actually, I believe that when we see the context, it allows us to understand how it speaks into our context. You see, this prayer is given by God to the king of that people, Israel, in that moment, King Solomon. It was in a very uh, unique moment where Solomon had built a temple to God, a temple that had been given the designs by God to Solomon's dad, King David. King Solomon got to build it, and having built it, he then dedicated it to God. And through that dedication ceremony, he kind of prayed to God that it would be somewhere where God dwelt and where God would hear the prayers of his people. In these verses that Joy read out, actually it's God's answer, saying that, yes, he's going to dwell there. And also he's going to use this temple as a place to hear the people's prayers. But in it, he wants to remind them, though, that they're not any old people. They're to be his people that are blessed by God in order to be a blessing to all other people, in order that all other people would see how good and loving God is and come to know him. And so God says, well, I want you to understand that I'm going to be with you. But if you seek to live outside of my rule and reign, seek to be your own rulers and uh, seek to define how it looks like to live with my rule and reign, and say, no, we, we know a better way. You know, it's going to cause problems. And God says, in those moments, what we need to do is turn quickly to me, come back and to come to this temple and pray, to seek me out, and know that as you pray, that then I'll forgive you and I'll restore and heal your land. This temple is to have a unique part revealing the wonder of who God is and what God's about and how these people are to kind of continue to live with God at the center. And when you could then say, well, what relevance does that have to us? Because we don't kind of gather to a temple. Like it seems to be for that unique group of people at this unique time. And yet this moment of this temple actually speaks to a much bigger story that you find in the whole of the Bible. Now, we haven't got time to look at it in all detail, but to give you some snapshots, you see, this story of this temple in this moment that King Solomon built is part of this bigger story that you can see from the very beginning of the Bible to the very end of the Bible story. It reveals how God's desire and design is to build this temple, a temple 
that reveals who he is, where his presence dwells, but also reveals his rule and reign that is all full of love and goodness. And so the temple that Solomon built actually pointed back to the original temple. See, the temple Solomon built was like filled of images of gardens and trees and fruit. And why that was is because it was pointing back to the original temple that you find in Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3, where you find that God created everything and then dwelt in earth at the center of this place of Eden, a garden. This garden was a temple, so it was a place where God dwelt with humanity and seeking to rule and reign with humanity, calling humanity to be those that then filled the rest of the earth with his love and goodness. And yet humanity can say, well, I think we could do a better job in ruling and reigning in our own steam. That kind of breaks the temple that God had designed. And so they're unable to be in that temple God designed. But God doesn't give up. Rather, he longs to restore what he'd started there. And this temple that Solomon builds is is kind of this outpost of God's promise that he's one day going to do what he always planned to do, to cause this temple to be there where humanity would dwell with him, causing his rule and reign to fill the whole of the earth. But that temple was ultimately to be revealed in the most surprising way. Not in a building, not in a garden, but in a person. See, Jesus comes. There's so many different ways that reveal the wonder of what Jesus does. But one of the ways is that Jesus comes and becomes the temple. He says that he is the temple, the one where God dwells, and the one who's come to fill the earth with God's rule and reign, his love and goodness. And that's what he does through his life, death, and resurrection. He inaugurates. His temple, a temple of himself, where he now is about not filling one country to be a blessing to all countries with his reign, but actually to fill the whole of the earth with God's rule and reign, his goodness and love. And then what Jesus does in this most surprising way is he then calls anyone who follows him, anyone who puts their faith and trust in him, centers their life around who Jesus is to be like mini temples many temples of who he is, to reveal the wonder of God's presence dwelling within us and his rule and reign being revealed through us. Then you find at the very end of the book, this temple story climaxes, where God finally comes and dwells with humanity. Not in a structure, in the whole of the earth. Where we find the whole of the earth becomes the temple God, of his presence, of his love, of his goodness, to reveal his rule and reign. Therefore, when you look at this prayer that God gives this people in the inauguration of that temple that Solomon built, actually it's a prayer that we can take hold of. Because suddenly we can see that actually the temple analogy has expanded. That temple that Solomon built both pointed back to something, but was pointing forward to what was to come through Jesus. And therefore, whenever we see the world is not what it's meant to be, because that what Jesus has come to do, to fill this world with his love and goodness. So you can get hold of a pattern of prayer. This ancient prayer gives us and say, God, would you come break through? See, this prayer in 2 Chronicles 7 
becomes a pattern, not a formula. I want us to hear that because it's not a formula like if you do X and Y, then Z comes. Now, because that kind of suddenly like adds into what Jesus has done. It's like, oh yeah, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is enough, but not quite. It's not quite enough because you also need to do these things. No, no, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is enough for God's rule and reign to break in and to fill this earth. However, we get to partner with God in that rule and reign being revealed by calling on him and saying, God, where we see moments and areas in the world around us, in our worlds, I want to come and call on you and say, would you break through? And so we would see more of your rule and reign come about where it isn't. And see, I found this prayer just gives this pattern that allows me to pray meaningfully where I look at the world around me and think this isn't how it's meant to be. And it gives me voice to say, actually, God, would you come and break through? And I say it's in two ways. Firstly, it's through renewing. And secondly, it's through reviving. You see in terms of renewing of that way that God says, well, to humble yourselves and pray and seek my face. And then through reviving where it says, and I'll then forgive your sins and restore the land. Let's just briefly look at that then, that God longs to break through through renewing. Let that screen down. That in terms of renewing, it's all about us. It's actually about those moments where suddenly we see the world isn't as it's meant to be, and we think, actually, God, would you come and would you change me? You see, sometimes I'm powerless to change the world outside me, but I am able to see more of God's rule and reign revealed in and through me. Well, the starting point is always renewing, renewing my heart, renewing your heart. Asking the question, Jesus, are you truly on the throne of my life? Or have I allowed other things to kind of get on the throne with you or potentially start to push you off? See, the prayer of renewal is saying, God, I want you at the center. I don't want anything else. I want you, Jesus, to be on the throne of my life in order that your rule and reign is full of love and goodness will govern everything else about me. Because as we pray that, it doesn't just transform our hearts. It transforms our lives. As we begin to be those who become part of the answer of the prayer that we want to pray for God to break through, it's like saying, actually, I want to live more of a life reveals more of Jesus' rule and reign in the world around me. See, one of the things that's happened through this pandemic has been as I've prayed for breakthroughs, it's caused me to see that God longs to start with praying for me to be renewed. This pandemic has caused me to question, like, are some of the things that I thought were important as important? as a face lockdown as we've done that as you suddenly realize there's you can't see people in the same ways there's so many things that aren't great about it and the damage and destruction is done and we'll come on to that in a moment but starting place has been like god me to look inside and say jesus would you renew my heart i want you to be more on the throne of my life as i'm squeezed by this moment i want more of you to be revealed a breakthrough does that it says god we ask you to break through and the breakthrough starts through a renewing but it's also through a revival you see we get to pray 
for the reviving of ourselves and the world around us. The reviving through what? Well, through the resurrected life of Jesus. He's the one who revives. He's the one who comes and breathes his life, his rule and reign into our lives, into the world around us. So as that prayer says, that as I've prayed and renewed my heart, then God says, I'll come and revive your heart. Bring forgiveness. A forgiveness that causes me to know restoration in my relationship with God, where I've allowed other things to, to kind of get on the throne and to kind of grapple with God being at the center of who I am. As I take those things off, God says, well, now forgive them. Let's not talk about it again. It's gone. Restored relationship. But it's only just through forgiveness of ourselves. It's also we then get to pray for breakthrough of a restoration of the world around us. It means that we get to pray for individuals we know who don't know the wonder of who Jesus is. And say, God, would you come and would you restore them into the wonder of who you created them to be? As image bearers of you, in relationship with you, with lives that are governed by your love and goodness. So we get to pray when we pray this prayer of breakthrough. We get to pray it for individuals. We get to pray it over society. We get to pray, God, would you come and restore what we're seeing, where the world isn't as it's meant to be? Would you restore it with your rule and reign, with your love and goodness, so that when we look at this pandemic we're living with, it isn't we're, we just think, oh, I'm powerless. No, we keep praying and saying, God, would you break through, because this isn't of you. But we know that you're one who's seeking, through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, to fill this earth your love and goodness therefore would you come and do that that when i see on the tv all that's gone on in the horrors of beirut and this explosion that's gone on and the economic crisis they're facing as well as covid19 and god would you come and break through with your rule and reign into that country would you cause your love and goodness to be tasted and seen and known that's what the prayer of breakthrough does it gives us voice when we feel powerless, to come to the one who has power and say, God, come and break through. We know it's what you're longing to. See, this prayer of breakthrough causes us to find voice. When we see the world isn't as it's meant to be and gives us voice to say, God, come. Break through through renewing of my heart. Break through through the reviving of me and the world around me. Because after all, that's what Jesus called us to pray. Because when we do that, what we're saying is, God, cause your kingdom, your rule and reign to come on earth that is in heaven. Okay, before I finish, we're just going to hear a couple of stories from Gary and Bev. We're just going to share something of just how they've known God breakthrough as them in their lives as individuals and others as they prayed for them. Some years ago, 2007, I was praying for a lady called Pauline. She came from Gaza. Her husband ran a Christian bookshop there. She had two little boys. She was expecting her third child. Um, her husband, Rami, had been threatened on different occasions because of him being Christian. And sadly, one day he didn't come home from work. They found him, his body the following day. He'd been tortured and murdered because he was Christian. 
I'd be picture of Pauline with her two little boys, heavily pregnant with her third child, and just the sorrow in her face was just overwhelming. And I prayed for her, and um, even though I tried to move on to pray for other people, it was like God just kept bringing Pauline back to my heart. And I prayed for Pauline over many years, um, but with tremendous joy and thanksgiving to God, I found a video of her. Um, only a few years ago, sharing that God had enabled her to forgive those who'd murdered her husband, and that now she was actually helping Christian women whose husbands had been killed, helping them, encouraging them, and um, yeah, just standing with them through their grief and helping them to come out the other side of that and be healed and be whole. But the wonderful thing was, she wasn't just wanting to do it with Christian women. She was wanting to do it with the Muslim women as well. And I just thought, wow, Lord, you have just answered above and beyond the prayer that I had for her. And I think in that I've learned that, you know, God has no bounds. We just need to believe and trust that he really is a good, good father. And he wants the best for his children. And just pray, really pray diligently and trusting that he will answer prayers and do far more than we could ever imagine. Bless you. Hi, my name's Gary Spencer. I've been a Christian now for some time. But on the 27th of June, 1990, I arrived at some traffic lights on the Stratford Road. And when I heard God's voice say, all you need to do is believe. And this followed a year of searching and when the traffic lights turned to green and I turned left, not only did my direction change in the sense that I'd turned a corner, but my entire life changed and I became a Christian at that moment. A couple of weeks later, I went to my first house group. A bunch of people that I never knew knocked on the door, went in. And as we sat around the living room in this house, the house group leader went across to a table of which there was a piece of paper on there and they used to regularly lay hands together on this piece of paper and it was a list of names of people they were praying for and I introduced myself and they said look at this Gary your name's been on this list for the last five years, I became an answer to prayer for them. But it was their diligence in praying without ceasing until they had an answer. It's so good, isn't it? Just hearing these different stories week on week out and just seeing how God is one who's longing to reveal more of who he is as we pray and shape more of who we are and how we live as we pray. Amazing. And just hearing like Bev and Gary's stories, they're just remarkable, aren't they? I just also felt like with Gary's story, wasn't it so amazing just linking that with the story that Emily shared uh, of individuals just praying for people over decades and to see they would come to know Jesus, put him on the throne of their lives they'd know the hope that, that, that he knew and i think it's amazing and gary just finally seeing like i as he's on the throne of my life 
and you realize these people have been praying for me for five years. Amazing. Like, doesn't it fuel your, your faith? Do you to pray for those around us that they would come and know the wonder what it is to have this life that's saturated by God's love and goodness? 